Welcome to Business Aspirin, pain relief for business. Clint Junell has managed a restoration company in Dallas since 2008 and is one of the top drying experts in his region. Clint is also the co-founder of JobDocs, a software developed to help his team manage their overwhelming volume of projects. On the podcast, Clint brings together business managers and leaders to share with you how they have overcome their business pains and how you can too. And now, here's your host, Clint Junell. Hey, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Business Aspirin. I'm your host, Clint Janelle, and today I have with us Attila Ikladi from A-Tech Consulting up in Idaho. Hey, Attila, how are you doing, man? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me here, Clint. I really appreciate it. So tell us, tell the people where you're at. Uh, so I am uh, in North Idaho in Coeur d'Alene, and, but I work up and down the West Coast uh, helping clients pretty much from the Mexican border up to Canada. And then we really go wherever the work is. Yeah. So right now, if you were to look out that window behind you, it's spectacularly beautiful outside, right? Oh yeah. It's uh, probably about a brisk 45. Nice. Sun's coming up over the head. You can kind of see the glare in the background, but I got woods, mountains behind me and a lake, not too further back about a mile. So it's so amazing. So that's one of the things just in terms of being in DFW that will make me jealous. Now, it is, for those of you listening, typically we don't talk about the date this is recorded, but this is early October, um, and uh, it should be cooler here. But yesterday, I think it was 94 degrees here in DFW. Ooh. So we're still waiting for that time where you get up in the morning and you get that crisp air. We don't have it yet. Like, you kind of <laughs> want, like, at least just be a little bit crisp. So uh Lane's a, a great, beautiful place. Uh, so Attila, talk to us a little bit about yourself and how you... Like, what has been your journey? Because I know you had a restoration company and you've done some other things, and now you're doing vendor support for restoration companies and the environmental consulting side of things. Uh, and you cover all of the West Coast, I guess? Yeah. So, uh, I mean, we have offices from Southern California up to Seattle, and then, but we are remote. All of our people are remote. So we travel really much all over the world, or not all over the world, all over the U.S., been to Alaska, New York, uh, Texas. We've done work in Texas during some of the hit storms. Yeah. We, go, we go to, you know, the southeast, uh, Utah for fires. So it doesn't matter. We go wherever the work is. Okay. So tell us your story. So, well, I mean, I guess I go a little bit back. Obviously, my name is unique. So uh, I was born in Hungary, um, first generation left Hungary in 82 when it was still communist. So we defected, um, came to the state for the American dream, moved to Ohio, lived on a farm for a few years. And then uh, my dad started a business in a trucking company. So it's kind of built into that and uh, had it for a few years, probably about 20, 20 plus years, moved out to California where I you know, finished high school out there. I joined the military went all over, you know, all over the world, did some work coincidentally with Hungarian army doing some linguistic work. When the wall came down, they were trying to join NATO. So that was kind of interesting coming back full circle. Um, and then from there got out and, uh, really started going into business. If you will, I started a production magazine for a long time, had that. And then also, from there, kind of sold that off with some business partners, had a fallen out, you know, it was one of our, we were 24, 25. So, you know, you know how those go. Um, and it was in the, within the entertainment world. So that, that fell through after a few years and then went to go work 
worked in some corporate environments, uh, worked in logistics, worked in industrial manufacturing. And then one of my really good buddies from the military who is up here in Idaho still has his business said, Hey man, you know, you're getting out of that sector. Why don't you start this? Why don't you start a carpet cleaning company, a restoration company? And I was like, yeah, I don't know. It just doesn't seem glamorous. It's not sexy. Right. But I just got laid off, had some money. And I was like, you know what? Let's do it. He's like, come up here for a month. I'll train you. You can work hand in hand. You know, I'll help you launch everything down here. And he still has his business. It's called a new look cleaning and restoration. Uh, it's been going since 1999. Um, so he's doing really well and uh, started that down in SoCal and had it running for about three years. Unfortunately, I had some uh, injuries from the military that prevented me from really diving into it from an operator standpoint of view because um, I was an owner operator, uh, smaller. I had a couple vans going at the time and uh, it was just a state of flux where I couldn't find good help workers comp was ridiculous and i went from three vans down to two and uh had a a major injury with my back to where i couldn't actually do the work and i spent about a month and a half out of work was it generating any revenue obviously had all my overhead had clients and stuff like that so thankfully um over the course of the business, I've built up relationship with competitors, with neighboring contractors. So we would share work. They were busy. I wasn't, I was busy. They weren't. And we would be like, Hey, you know, let's have a, a business partnership. And I don't want to say really share clients, but really help our clients. Really. That was always the crux is how can we help our clients? And so over that time, I've developed a relationship with other business owners within my market. And when I got to that point where I wasn't working for a month and coincidentally at this time, it was a perfect storm. I had one guy that went back to school and another guy I had to let go. So I lost two of my key people and I had no one to do any of the work. So I had to make a tough decision. I go, do I just keep doing this? And I couldn't find anyone to just step away from the business and have them train them and run it and just take, you know, be almost be like a silent partner in a business. So I came to the tough decision. I go, it's time to sell. And during the course of my, you know, my business, when I had for three years working with the different business owners, I've developed a good relationship. Like, Hey, are you ever thinking about selling? You want a partner? So we've had those cursory conversations. So I, I uh, reached out to some of my, business partners that were competitors in the market. And I said, Hey, I'm thinking about selling. Are you still interested? So we had this, we quartered for about six months and uh, long story short, we ended up selling the business. It wasn't as, you know, I didn't five, 10 X the business, but I walked away clean. I walked away with money in my pocket. So it was good. And over the time I built good relationships. So full circle, the way I got into consulting is in Southern California, uh, there's SoCal AQMD, a lot of a lot of regulations, and one of them being asbestos. Anytime you tear into a wall or disturb a material, you have to have it sampled. So I worked for a company. I went to go work for a company that was my vendor. I developed a relationship with the CEO, and he said, hey, if you're selling your business, you have an extensive uh, sales background, why don't you come work for us? So I did that. That's how I got into the environmental testing company. Um, short-lived. Um, I don't know if you remember SoCal SoCal markets or the regulations out there, but AAA was their big, you know, Easter egg in the basket, if you will. Well, they went from internal adjusters to independent adjusters. They lost all their business. So again, laid off again, 
went back to industrial for a long time. It was doing very well, very happy. Um, went through another round of layoffs, which is always fun. And ATEC Consulting reached out to me. And so didn't really want to get back in the testing world, but because it, it can get a little dirty, you know, pay to play type thing. But after talking to the CEO and VP, they said, hey, we're different. We do things different. All culture, culture is different. So that appealed to me. So we had conversations. So it's been almost four years now. I've been with ATAC Environmental Consulting, and they have lived true to their word. And so that's kind of where we're at now. And I started off with ATAC initially as a account manager. I just want to, I didn't want to be responsible for people. I didn't want to be responsible for uh, P&L. I just wanted to be responsible for me, myself, and I. So that's kind of where we went, and that's not where we are today. Unfortunately, sure. I, I dove back into the realm of, uh, I don't say P&Ls, but being responsible for people, um, expansions, and things like that. So that's kind of the long-winded story of Attila. Sure. So now you're the sales manager for yeah. Tech. Um, yes. And so that role entails that you do what? So... ATEC in itself had two locations initially. We had Orange County, which is right by Disneyland, Anaheim, um, Angel Stadium is our corporate office. We had a smaller satellite location in San Diego, and that's where it was three and a half, four years ago when I started. Since that time, uh, obviously, we went through the whole pandemic. In fact, in the very beginning of my career, if you kind of put the timeline together, was COVID. And Southern California shut down, obviously, restoration, environmental, and things like that were essential. But no one had their doors open. There was no one to go visit. So, you know, smiling and dialing, picked up the phones. And we really started hammering the phones. And I got into uh, an opportunity where we became the one of the primary vendors for the entertainment industry to provide COVID compliance infection control. And so... Like um, even studios... For studios, the studios, okay, yeah. yeah, okay, yeah, for the studio. So, uh, you know, we thought it was gonna be flatten the curve two weeks a month. We're gonna make some make a little bit of money, it's gonna be great, you know, get us back on the road, supporting our you know, our regular clients. And you know, two and a half years later, we were still there. Um, obviously, we still had our existing clients, you know, we support as a tech in and, of, in and of itself, we do environmental consulting, anything from lead mold, asbestos, indoor air quality, um, legional lead and water. We have a full slew of professional um, certified people, not just CSST or CACs, uh, which is a, one of the California terms um, for certified technicians and uh, asbestos consultants and such like that. But we have ergonomists, certified industrial hygienist on staff. So we do smoke, soot, fire, um, underground water, um, environmental impact reports, or excuse me, not environment, uh, annual emissions reports, um, soil work, er ergonomics, safety compliance, OSHA training. So we do a full service of pretty much supporting any, any industry out there. Specifically, we're heavy in the restoration world. So we work with anyone from, you know, a brand new owner operator, all the way up to the big three, the Belfours, the Blue Skies, the ATIs, and thereof, right? Okay. Um, we, we work with large industrial contractors to school districts to hospitals. And so the way I've always built from the very beginning in sales is building a strong network. That's how I was able to grow my business and be profitable. Within 10 months, I was profitable as a starting out as a carpet cleaner you know, small time restoration contractor. I was profitable in 11 months because I had a strong network and I was able to network and build relationships and utilize those relationships. 
So we continue to still do that. And we build, ATEC is built even prior to me. We've been in business for 20, almost 22 years now is built on relationship. You know, we're always going to do the right thing in the eyes of the client. And we're always going to do what we said we're going to do and, and promised. So that's been important. And through the pandemic and even post, we've maintained those relationships. And one of the things that I want to bring to the culture, and I've really specifically since I've been the sales manager for about a year, year and a half now, is kind of all of our relationships, the way we go to market is on three principles. How can I save you money? How can I save you time? And how can I make you look great in front of your clients? Now, that's not just for business owners. It could be for end users. And saving money isn't always being the cheapest. When I had my carpet cleaning company, I wasn't the cheapest guy in town. I wasn't the coupon clipper, you know, $100 for three rooms. I wasn't that guy. You know, I started my business in 2012 and I was doing, you know, measuring out everything square footage wise. And I was minimum 37 to 40 cents a square foot back then. And so I did really well, but I did good work. And because I charged a fair price, I could do the extras without trying to charge for it. Um, and then saving time is being efficient, knowing, knowing your skill, knowing your trade. And, you know, in our world, in the environmental world, it's, it's how can I help the contractor, uh, whether it's a flood job, whether it's a smoke or an ACM job, how can I help them give them information be a positive resource and be responsive so that your equipment's not idle. You're not making multiple trips. You're bidding effectively your scope, whether you're using EnviroShare or you're scratching it out. Our project managers, our certified people help the contractors save time and in turn save money. And then ultimately for them, it's you as a restoration contractor have a couple of clients. You have the homeowner and you have the insurance company. How can we make you look like rock stars in front of them by doing those things? And so that's really the culture that I try and instill. And, and that can be put into whether you're an owner operator, you're a regional restoration company, or you're a big, big time player, or even a company like ours is just sell on those and offer your services on those three premises. Okay. So it's, how do I save you money? How do I save you time? And how do I make you look like a rock star? And those are the three things that you say, hey, if we do these things and do these well, we're going to attract more contractors and end users that want to utilize us for the services that we provide. A hundred percent. I mean, one of the things that I really go to market, especially when I go into new markets, obviously we have the operation side of a business. So we just launched Northern California. We just opened uh, NorCal, the Bay Area, probably about five months ago effectively being having a field presence there and an account manager. And when I go to, um, you know, one of our existing clients in other markets, I try to, you know, build that relationship. Like, Hey, can you introduce me to the operation manager, VP, regional manager, whoever. And really I go there and go, Hey, where are you guys struggling at? What markets are you going into that we support? We can co-market together. So, you know, divide and conquer, put a 10 X, two X on your sales team but also really helping you grow your business by being the best that you can with our support. So give you an example. Uh, we, I walked into uh, one of our contractors in the, in the Seattle market, which we opened up about two years ago, a little bit after I started. Uh, that was my first branch expansion because that's part of my role as a sales manager. 
And one of the contractors that we started building a relationship with took some time and really trying to help them understand how can I save you money? How can I save you time? How can I make you look great in front of your client without being the cheapest? They had a three-story uh, nursing home that flooded from a broiler room up down and top down on, on the roof. And water came all the way down to the common hall area. It's a 24, 24-hour skilled facility, right? So it's nurses, things like that, patient care. And the insurance company kind of sat on it. The contractor provided the scope. It was north of around $800,000, $900,000 scope for this project. Big project, pretty good sized project, right? Well, the insurance company, this was in, it was June of this year, July of this year, I think. And it was hot in Seattle. And the insurance company said, it's been sitting for a while. We stalled on it. It's all dry. It's good. Didn't want to cut, didn't want to do any more cuts. Didn't want to do moisture mapping. Didn't want to do any investigative stuff, nothing. And so they're like, your scope goes from your bid of eight, 900,000. We're going to cut it down to about six, 700,000. And it's good. Well, obviously this contractor, they're pretty much, you know, a large contractor nation that presence nationwide and such. And they're like, well, that's not good enough for us because it's not, our client is not the insurance adjuster, the insurance company. It's the end user, the owner of that building, the owner of the organization. And so they're going back and forth and the insurance company says, Hey, you know what? We're going to bring out our CIH certified industrial hygienist, not a hygienist, not an industrial hygienist, but a certified industrial hygienist. I kind of, for people that might not know what a CIH is, and I'm sure they do, but it's kind of like uh, an attorney. Like you, you're not just going to be a paralegal. You're going to go through the bar exam, right? And pass the bar. So anyway, so they're like, we're going to bring our CIH. My client calls me and says, hey, they're bringing a CIH. We need help. I was like, all right, well, it's Tuesday afternoon. You're calling me and the walk, job walk is you know, on Thursday and all my CIHs are in SoCal. So I said, hey, we can bring one up. Unfortunately, it's going to cost because I got to pay per diem. We bill heavy for those guys. I mean, those are like $200,000 salary people. And they're like, I don't care bringing them up. So we brought them up and our CIH in a very polite political manner says, hey, this is wrong. This is wrong. This is wrong. This needs to be done. This needs to be done. We went in, my technicians were sitting on site. We're pulling samples as they're doing a job walk. We take them to the lab. We quantify. This is at 10 in the morning. We have results by four in the evening. And we can concisely say that this whole entire building is completely still wet 30 days later when it's been north of 90 degrees. So you could just imagine what's in those walls and ceilings. A little, little soup you built there. Full on petri dish. <laughs> yeah. And now, mind you, this is a medical facility. It's not a medical facility, but it's a skilled it's a care it's it's a a care facility. facility. It's, it's a care facility. So there's a lot of liability to go around. And unfortunately, you know, the client, the end user had to deal with this for an extensive period of time. The project should have took about a month to a month and a half, took three, four months, and they're just got wrapped up not too long ago. But the scope went from 900 to 700 up to like 1.4 million. So one of the things we try and do is, number one, help our client, which was the contractor, but their client who are the patients as well as the end user building owner is scope integrity. That's one of the things we're not the cheapest because we charge a fair price, but we can help you save time. Keep you keep moving. I had a guy on site pretty much for an entire week, just standing by as they're going, we're moisture mapping, clearing, reassessing, validating their scope, having conversations with the adjuster. So we're not just emailing back and forth. And then in turn, the end user, the, the V the vice president of that facility 
and the organization, they have five regional mm-hmm. facilities, loves the contractor because we were able to get their patients back in because the client, because of the delay for 30 days initially, lost three patients, meaning not not lost as in they passed, but yeah, they lost they their- had to relocate them. They had to go someplace else. And, and they ended up going with a different organization because they, their family didn't feel safe there. Sure. So it's, it's those things and how can we mitigate those things? And again, it's back to how can we save you money? How can we save you time? And how can we make you look great in front of the client by collaborating and being open and going, we want to help you. And this is how we're going to do it. Yeah, sure. So from that perspective, right, it, you had uh, a client that apparently one of the national larger uh, restoration guys contacts you and says, we need help. So from that perspective, if you're talking to other restoration guys, the mom and pops and mm-hmm. and maybe some of the franchise guys or or just a, a mid kind of a mid range player of mm-hmm. a three to five million dollar a year guy. Yep. What is the trigger in that case? The, the trigger for them was somebody was calling another industrial hygienist. They needed support. What is the trigger for someone paying attention on the new side of restoration saying this is when I need to call for support? What what do you what, what would make you say or here's the list of things to look for? Well, I think, you know, part of it is knowing regulations in your market. Texas is vastly different than California, than, than Washington, than Colorado, which we you know, again, we do work in all, all of those markets and understanding where your regulations are, but really knowing the, the full scope of where, where you're involved in and where the handoff is, handoff is. If you're a, a smaller shop and you're doing carpet cleaning and, and quote unquote dabbling in a restoration world, just getting into it, you know you're not going to be able to do build backs for the most part, again, depending on regulations and things like that, because you might not have a contractor's license. You know you might not be able to do the abatement if you need to start doing cutting, right? Or whatever the case is, again, depending on your local regulations and what skill sets you have. So understanding where the handoff is and where you can get yourself in trouble. Like in California, you have SoC, uh, AQMD, SoCal AQMD. And if you do a cut, let's say you have a, a, a bathroom above a kitchen and you tear into the ceiling to get to the piping and that has not been sampled yet. And it turns out that that is ACM asbestos containing material. Now that is what's called a P5. So you have gross contamination and you turned a couple thousand dollar project into potentially a $50,000, $100,000 lawsuit for yourself, if not more, because now it's gross contamination. You have to have an abatement contractor. You have to have the county involved. You have all those things. So, And in California, that's, really, that's residential or commercial. Residential or right. commercial, correct. And, and realistically, understanding that I can go to Home Depot right now and go test a hundred pieces of drywall, and it has, yeah. and a part of those are going to have ACM in it, yeah. Because they can't sell it, but you don't know what's um, pr- where it's produced or where it's originated at. You know, some suppliers will buy product from Canada, Me- yeah. you know, Mexico, United States, you know, overseas, wherever it is. So you don't know the sourcing of it. Um, but also, you just want to be mindful of your your team as well. You want to protect them long run, right? Because you know, I think. The, the business owners that are like, hey, I just want to make money right now and I'm going to do whatever it takes to make money are very short-lived and short-sighted versus you take a business owner that is still concerned about the bottom line margins and P&L. And so they want to charge a fair price, but they're looking at 
what does this job, this relationship, this contract mean for, mean for me 10 to 20 years down the road? So I think it's ha- has having that site and building your, you know, building your business on a solid foundation versus just kind of running and gunning and doing those things. Now, as business owners, as people within business, you're going to do that. You're just going to get stuck in the grind in the whirlwind every day. And you're like, hey, I got to make my numbers. I got to pay the bills. I got to make payroll. I got to make my quota for my from my boss. So you're going to get that. But I always say build a solid foundation. Um, so back to kind of to come full circle on that is really you can reach out. I think there's a difference between a testing company and a environmental consultant. And I think one thing that sets ATEC apart is, yes, we started off as a testing company back in the day, 20 years ago. But I think we've grown and evolved more into a business partner as a true consultant because asbestos lead mold sampling are one of three of 150 plus services we offer. That would be saying to a large restoration contractor that's, you know, kind of been around, let's say even regionally, right? A $10 million local company that's been around and say, oh, you guys do dry downs or you guys do carpet cleaning. Well, yeah, that is one service that we offer, but it's really partnering with a company that can get you out of trouble, but also help you grow because we work with contractors up and down the coast that are smaller shops, you know, whether they've been around for a couple of years, we have a company in uh, Seattle. We just did a large project with them and it was a municipal contract. Uh, they have two vans. They've been around for a little bit over a year. Uh, and they probably have about six techs, you know, some admin operational type people, nothing. They're not a huge company yet. Um, they're doing great things. They all, they're all are IRC certified. They do, you know, continuing education and things like that. And, we met them at a trade show and we we're talking and they had to do uh, they had to move a transfer pipe on a municipality sewage system. Right. So they took a 24 inch sewer pipe from one city to another city and had to cut it because they had to get into, I don't understand the whole aspect of it, but they had to get into the pump station. So they had to do a transfer cut. And what they had to do is offload it was 25 trucks, three trips at 660 gallons per truck, that much raw sewage. And they had 10 hours to do it. So we came in and we were talking, they're like, Hey, we don't know if we could bid on this contract. And we're like, well, tell us about it. And really it's just, it's dealing with sewage. It's nothing crazy, but we were able to help them guide them through that scope. And they were able to bid on it through our help. We, it was two days. They had a four hour practice run. Then the follow uh, a week later, they ran from eight o'clock at night to six o'clock in the morning, and they were the emergency contact on site. We supported them. We were sampling, doing ATP sewage bacteria sampling. We were guiding them on making sure none of the equipment was spilled. Again, this is a municipal contract, so a lot of eyes on it. Sure. And you had a, a a small ish local restoration contractor bid on a job that most one-year contractors aren't going to bid on. Yeah. So it's little things like that. So that's how I think you can leverage relationships. And it it potentially swung their business the right direction, right? At the same time, could have very easily destroyed their business, if not done correctly, without the support you guys provided, all of that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Let's just say the the, the neighborhood where where this was, you're not going to touch a house for under 
$5 million. So a lot of eyes, you know, very, very high end, a lot of people, a lot of eyes on this project. And that's why they did it later in the evening overnight is so that it doesn't have all that traffic. Yeah, sure. But well, yeah, it, it, it definitely positioned the, the client to move forward and grow their business. Yeah. And, and got them some accolades probably from that municipality that they helped serve. And they probably earned a lot of business from them as a result and willingness to step out plus trust in someone like you. And yeah. that's big too, in terms of like the guys that are listening to this podcast, then they go, wait a minute, that's what I need. I need somebody that can support me. And you said something very early in the conversation, which was, you know, you, you tried to build relationships with the other people and share work between other companies. And so many guys, especially when they're starting out or when they're still small enough, everybody is competition and you don't want to communicate with them and you want to stay away from them and you want to, you know, do whatever you can to try to make sure that they have a bad reputation and a bad name and, um, to put yourself and elevate yourself above them. And that's what we hear over and over and over again in terms of any service industry business, not just restoration. But what you said is build these relationships and then in those relationships, support those relationships as well. And I think that's spectacular in terms of, okay, now we can go, I need to find a relationship with someone that can give me the support Um you know, me and DFW, I need to find somebody that is is like Attila in DFW that can provide the kind of support that I need to have for this same type of environment. In that case, it may be you, right? But I know guys in Idaho um, that are doing restoration work and um, they need to make contacts with guys like you for that support. And so nationally as well, uh, and that's one of the things I'm happy to to make sure that when we send some of the stuff out, it has contact information for your company. I'm like, hey, if if you need to contact, if you run into a situation where you suddenly have X as a service that you need to provide, reach out. Maybe it's something you can help with. Maybe it's something you can't help with. But maybe if you can't, you have a connection because you build connections and because you yep. work to try to support the client and and do what's right. Um, and it's it's interesting. Um, like the, uh, a friend of mine, and because I know you served in the military, have a, a friend that's an amputee uh, Marine that started uh, at one point, it was an organization called 22 kill, but it's where the 22 pushup challenge came from for a long time. Yep. These guys started this. Uh, it's now called one tribe foundation. And I do a lot with those guys and support some stuff that they support as well. Uh, and so we were chatting just this last week uh, and he said something to me that I thought was really unique. And, and I'm going to start utilizing it more and more with my team. Uh, but I think it applies here too. And it's do the right thing for the right reason. Trust God for the rest. Bad days are guaranteed. And so it's, it's the reality is even when you do everything that you're doing, sometimes it's not going to work out exactly like you'd hope. Fortunately, in this case with your client, it did go well. You did make it go smooth. They were rock stars at the end of the day. And now they get a chance to grow because of you did the right thing for the right reason. And you're trying to be positive and trying to develop. Yep. And I think it's beautiful, man. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I, I think, you know, with, with smaller contractors, I mean, I'm sure, I mean, I, I don't know that the dynamic of Dallas Fort Worth. I've been there. I was actually just there in November and I was hoping to be there first time uh, again in November this year, but I, I wasn't able to make it with my schedule, but um, I'm sure everyone on this podcast that's listening as is hearing about, I call it the, 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 the new pandemic, which is fentanyl and meth. And, and we do a lot with that. Obviously we have infection control consultants. We have CIHs that understand how to handle this. And 
one of one of my big pushes number one i actually care i mean not that i actually care but i do really truly care for the, the end user end user end user the the victims the people that are involved with fentanyl and meth and how they affect people and i think a lot of times um we lose sight of the connection where we as a contractor as a company play a part in that right is how do you know we want to restore houses back to their original state whatever the case is and in the in in, an intern make revenue well i think one thing that with and you have let's say you have a flood okay that's that flood's going to affect the family right with fentanyl and meth there's so many people along that line that it affects so i'm really passionate about it and one of the things that we do is we train contractors. Like I said, we, we are an OSHA certified trainer. We have CSPs on site on staff, <clears throat> but we also um, train contractors just day to day for no charge on, Hey, if you're setting up containment, if you're doing moisture mapping, if you're doing this, our project managers or CACs do that as being part of really our tribe, if you will. Um, so we do, we know we go into, we do lunch and learns and generally lunch and learns are 15 minutes kind of informative, sure. but we, we have a contractor that we're going to be doing. Uh, we help them do a fentanyl meth project for the first time ever in a hospital. There was an OR, someone came in OD'd and they had a bunch of fat and meth on it. We walk, we wrote the work plan. We wrote the whole entire infection control, um, ICRA and everything for it, helped them set up containment. And now they're like, Hey, come back in. Can you come in and provide training for our team so that we can go after the segment that they never went after before? But one of the things for smaller contractors and in the state of California, all you have to have to be able to do legally fentanyl and meth work is a hazwopper. That's it. The state of Washington is different. You have to have your hazwopper and you have to have Department of Health um, approved vendor training through a certified uh, trainer through the D department of health. So it's kind of more convoluted. It takes about six months, but for California specifically, and I don't know, uh, Dallas's requirements, you have to have a hazwopper. Well, great. You have a hazwopper. Great. I'm IRC certified. And I've heard one of your other people on your podcast say, great. Now that you are, you don't know the day to day of it, but you can partner with a company like us. We can train your technicians on how to safely do it both from your operators and your employees, but also to properly decontaminate if possible or to do a full tear out. Most of the fentanyl meth projects we do are full gut, full build back. So there's a tremendous amount of revenue for a contractor that normally would think, oh, I don't want to do that. It's not safe. We can help you and train you how to do it as long as you make have it safe. your own in and make it safe. So again, how can we save you money, save you time and make you look great in front of your clients. Well, now you can offer and, and keep you alive and now and and keep, you, keep alive. you alive because a lot of, you know, you were talking earlier about competition, you know, when someone starts out, well, I, I mean, there's so much work to go around. There's probably not enough contractors today to do all the work that needs to be done because you have a contractor that, you know what? Hey, I want to go after high volume. I want to do apartments and low end property management. That's your niche. I want to do all high-end boutique. I want to work in commercial sector. I want to work in hospital sector. I want to work. I have a contractor in LA that all they do nothing but is entertainment industry, multi-million dollar company, probably a $15 million company. All they do is entertainment. That's it. And they're generally a carpet cleaning, slight restoration, janitorial company. That's all they do. So there's so many niches 
Yeah. And it's how can we help a contractor get into a new niche, get into a new vertical, get into grow their existing business. If they're new, how, Hey, you know, let's partner together. Let me show you what we can do. And let me introduce you to people because we co-market. It's like, Hey, you know, I know Clinton Dallas and you guys are, let's say you're making a push out to California. It's like, Oh, cool. Hey, we got this event, that event. Let's go around and co-market together. And let me introduce you to some people. What verticals are you going after? You're going after schools. No problem. Here's a M&O director. Here's a facility manager. Here's the superintendent. Here's the facility director for Kaiser hospital, Hogue hospital, you know, Providence peace health, all contractors, all hospitals that we work with. So it's like, how can we leverage our relationship right and then help each other grow well that's what the world is about right it's about connections it's about about relationships Mm -hmm. i love it okay so uh i want to be respectful of your time and and we've kind of passed what we are supposed to do uh but i've enjoyed it and i'm glad we're i'm glad we're doing it what is the single biggest piece of information from your perspective that you would give to someone that is in the restoration space and, and trying to grow or develop or, you know, hit that next milestone. I would say, don't be afraid to ask for help. I really think that that's it because I think, you know, you might know everything, but not in all scenarios. Well, I clearly know everything. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's, that's why we're here today. Um, But, but I mean, even our CIHs who have been in the industry for 30 years, whenever we bring a project up, and we have uh, quite a few CIHs on staff. They powwow because their 30 years of experience, while is immense, might not have come up with that thought process or that solution. And, and it's group think. So it, they kind of spitball it around. They're like, hey, this is how I want to do it. And someone will be like, that's a great idea, but have you considered this or have you thought of that? And I think that's even great for the new business owner, whether it's a restoration contractor, a carpet cleaner, or you're doing janitorial type work. Or even if you've been in the business for a while, is reach out, utilize your network and ask questions and ask for help. And don't feel that it's mine. You have to keep it. It's mine. I can't tell you about it because it's a secret. And I think, I think it's great. If you, if, you, if you operate from scarcity, you're going you're gonna to run out of business. That's right. So ask for help and be open. That's right. That'd be my help. Them. And I love doing that. Uh, with, I mean, I help. We've got clients that are restoration companies as well. And I love being able to serve them and help them and support them and whatever I can, even those that aren't clients, right? Like I still try I mean, to help, help them and try to serve. You're them helping the industry right now. Well, I'm trying. I don't, I mean, yeah. really, I'm just asking questions and you guys are helping the industry and I'm just getting it published out there. It's great. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I love it. Okay. So in your case, uh, the things that I'm hearing you say that are significant and important are build relationships, make connections. Um, with those relationships, because those are going to lead to other opportunities and other things that can happen for you. And then even for the restoration contract, I think they can still apply your strategy uh, to their sales, which is how can I save you money? How can I save you time? And how can I uh, make you look great, make you look look great, great make you look great. Right. And so in that case, it's still, um, you know, it's make you look great in front of the wife because you made the decision to do this or make you look great in front of the husband because you made the decision to do this and uh, potentially even support in depending on what your your method of getting business, the insurance company and make it look great there and all of those things. And I love it, man. So uh, super excited to have you on Attila, man. I'm so glad Thank you, you so took much. the time to join me uh, and I'm grateful for you being here. And uh, I, I look forward to chatting with you in the near future. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it and wish you all the best. 
Hey, uh, actually, one last thing before before yes. we go, because I want to get this on the podcast. Tell us again where your guys' offices are and where you serve. So our offices are located corporate in Orange County, California, San Diego, Northern California Bay Area, and Seattle. But so we serve the greater West Coast, but we go everywhere. Dallas, actually, that's that's on the books for our future expansion, Colorado and Dallas soon, hopefully next year. Um, but we really go for larger scale projects, you know, for obviously, you know, a single family residence doesn't make sense for yeah, us sure. to fly to Texas. But if it's a large scale project, disasters, uh, we're not storm chasers. However, you know, we've done plenty of projects where, you know, there's a catastrophe, a tornado, a thunderstorm, a hailstorm, whatever the case is, we'll go wherever the work is. But for the most part, anywhere on the West Coast. But if anybody's looking for a relationship like that, you're happy to have a conversation with them, whether they're in 100%. your market right now or not, and see what can what can develop. We do it all the time for our existing clients that are in like Minneapolis. I had a conversation Perfect. with a contractor for fentanyl and meth. So phone calls are free. They can reach out anytime. And if you want, I can pass you my uh, contact information. And yeah, we'll make sure that uh, Martise and those guys get it all uh, put together with everything so it's available when people reach out, they can have it and kind of go from there, man. But again, I appreciate awesome. so much you being on here and uh, we'll chat. You and I for sure are going to chat soon. All right. Take care. Thank you so take much. Care. Take care. Everyone. Thank you. Bye-bye. This has been a Business Aspirin, pain relief for business podcast. If you're a business owner trying to overcome your business pains, follow us on Apple Podcasts or visit our website for more information, job-docs.com.